Welcome to Becoming Your Best Version. I am your host, Maria Leonard Olson. I am a civil litigation attorney in Washington, D.C. I am a mentor to women in recovery. I am a journalist, author, and TEDx speaker. If you would kindly go and like my TEDx talk, because that will move it up in the visibility algorithm. The name of the talk is Turning Life's Challenges into a Force for Good. And I think it has a capacity to help a lot of people not feel so alone. So please hit the like button. You can either find it on the TEDx uh, website or on YouTube. So uh, you can access it through my website, Maria Leonard Olson as well. I started this podcast three years ago to highlight the voices of women whose paths have crossed mine and who have inspired me and who I think will inspire you. Today, I am interviewing the award-winning entrepreneur, Forbes contributing writer and executive coach, Bonnie Marcus. She assists professional women to successfully navigate the workplace and position and promote themselves to advance their careers. She is a leading expert in gendered ageism in the workplace. Her latest book, Not Done Yet, How Women Over 50 Regain Their Confidence and Claim Their Workplace Power, shines a light on this issue and gives women the tools and the voice to defy ageist assumptions, to stay marketable and keep their jobs. With more than 20 years of sales and management experience, Bonnie's extensive business background includes CEO of a ServeMaster company and VP of sales at Medical Staffing Network and two others in national companies in the healthcare and software industries. She has held executive positions in startup companies and Fortune 500 companies. Bonnie started her corporate career at an entry-level position and worked her way up to the top of a national company. Her passion is now to help other women embrace their talent and ambition and step into their full potential and workplace power. Bonnie shares her message globally through speaking engagements, live and virtual workshops, blogging, and her popular podcast called Badass Women at Any Age. Her first book, The Politics of, Pro of Promotion, How High Achieving Women Get Ahead and Stay Ahead, provides a roadmap for women to navigate the complexities of the workplace and position themselves for success. A certified coach, Bonnie has been honored by global gurus as one of the world's top 30 coaches from 2015 to 2022. She has been acknowledged as one of the top 100 keynote speakers in 2018 by Databird Research Journal. Bonnie received her bachelor's degree from Connecticut College and a master's degree from NYU. Her website is bonniemarcusleadership.com. You can see all of the ways to contact her and follow her in the show notes on all the social medias, media. And you can see her articles on Forbes at forbes.com slash sites slash Bonnie Marcus. Her podcast, Badass Women at Any Age, is available on all podcast outlets. Welcome, Bonnie. Well, thank you. It's great to, to meet you and to be here. 
Well, our paths have crossed several times and we have lots of friends in common because you are a powerhouse in the field of ageism, women promotion, women in the workplace. And so you just touch on the lives of so many people through the various outlets in which you are active. First, I'd like to start with your latest book, Not Done Yet, How Women Over 50 Regain Their Confidence and Claim Their Workplace Power. What prompted you to write that particular book? Well, I've always had the mission of helping women get the visibility they need. Um, and when I started my coaching career in 2007, it was with that mission because when I was in the corporate arena, I recognized there's so many talented women who are being passed over um, because they didn't know how to create the visibility they needed. They didn't know how to advocate for themselves. And so that's really been a theme of mine and it's been a mission since I, I started my own company in 2007. And I was coaching um, a female attorney uh, about five years ago who worked in Silicon Valley. Um, she worked for a large tech firm and she had always been a star performer. She was one of eight on the, their legal team. And at 58, she started to notice things were changing. You know, her workload was redistributed. She wasn't invited to key meetings. She wasn't assigned the the um, the key clients that she always had. And she felt that she was being marginalized and basically being set up to, to be pushed out. Um, and it dawned on me that this was not an isolated incident. I started to do more research a lot more interviews, and then eventually um, a lot of research in particular on gendered ageism. And I find, found that this is happening. Um, and for the most part, it's under the radar. Um, so the book, I wrote the book not only to help build awareness around gendered ageism and how it affects professional women in the workplace, but also give women the tools to learn how to deal with some of the obstacles they're facing by having this intersectionality of gender bias and ageism and to learn to be proactive so that you don't hit 50 or 60 and all of a sudden you're you're pushed out what are some of the things you can do um, to create that visibility you need, that kind of influence you need, um, and not allow yourself to be pushed to the sidelines. Well, I love it. And uh, the reviews of your book are fantastic. Power-filled pages, says one reviewer. And practical advice. Can you pass on one tip to the listeners today? Well, I think um, one of the places to start is to understand what your own ageist beliefs and assumptions are. Uh, and I say that because as women, we've always faced obstacles in the workplace. It's an unlevel playing field, right? So 
we don't have the same kind of opportunities for advancement, for sponsorship as our male counterparts. We were not paid equally. Um, but as we show visible signs of aging, we begin to face what, you know, what I call the double whammy. And the, those are obstacles that we face in society um, and in the workplace. But it's really, it's so ingrained in our society that we internalize them. And we don't even know it. You know, when I was writing this book, I didn't even realize how much ageism, how many ageist beliefs I held. And my point here is that it's really important to understand how you may be holding yourself back because you believe some of this stuff. So if you think that you're too old to be promoted, just as an example, then you may not do the kinds of things you need to do to get promoted. You know, you're, you're going to kind of hang in the sidelines. You're not going to volunteer for special projects. You're not going to share your opinions and raise your hand in meetings. Um, and you're not going to have the kinds of conversations perhaps with your manager that you still are committed to doing the work. So it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy where we end up thinking we're too old. So we pull ourselves back and then we don't get the promotion. True. So I think that holding these kinds of beliefs and um, these kinds of assumptions are really uh, powerful and we need to be, be aware of how we may be holding ourselves back. It's so true because we're socialized, uh, at least people from my generation and I'm squarely middle-aged who to not be as assertive as we could be. And I have worked in the federal government government, and one of the biggest firms in DC. And I had to fight my inner voice telling me to act in a more demure fashion in order to, to get the opportunities that I sought at that time. So I applaud you in the work that you do to help us fight back uh, in our, our inner voices and the obstacles we face in the workplace. So you're a regular contributor to Forbes. How did that happen? Well, you know, that's an interesting story because I have been writing for Forbes since 2011. When they first formed Forbes w Woman, um, I um, was called into the Forbes office. I had just pretty much started my own company and I was blogging. And I remember one of my first blogs was on um, self-promotion and how women can do this with authenticity or something or other. Anyway, they reached out to me and they asked me if they could share that blog. And then they called me in and I was living just outside of New York at the time and said that they were pulling this Forbes women together. And was I interested? And so I started, I started writing for them. And, um, actually today I just, published a post on um, Sarah Ann Mass, who was one of the first women to call out Harvey Weinstein mm. and how she suffered from career retaliation. And then she formed this organization um, to, to fight back. But 
I had, you know, writing for Forbes gives me the unique opportunity to interview and to write about topics that I found that I'm really passionate about. Absolutely. Well, thank you for that. I love your column and it's, it helps, it helps so many people, especially with the distribution that Forbes has. So you started at an entry level position and worked your way up. And I assume that your experience, maybe even more so than your coaching certifications, armed you with the information you need to help others. Would you say that's true? Uh, yes, I, I would say. I mean, I entered the workplace with, with first of all, without a formal business um, background. Wow. I, I, was re I was a kindergarten teacher. Wow. I, I was recently divorced. I had two little kids and um, teaching wasn't paying the bills. And I answered an ad in the local paper for a medical secretary. And they told me I was overqualified and they turned me down. <laughs> um, but they called me two weeks later and asked me if I was interested in interviewing for um, administrator for a cardiac rehab center, they were setting up a joint venture with 30 docs, management company, and um, they hired me. <laughs> I wow. Mean, I had no experience, but they taught me. And then in a year and a half, I was running 11 centers like that up and down the East Coast. And that was my entry into business. And I learned business on the job. So I think part of part of my success was being a quick learner, you know, just invested in trying to be the best that I could be and learn the ropes. And um, pretty, I was pretty savvy about how to navigate the workplace. Um, and though I was blindsided by being passed over for a promotion um, after eight years with one company, you know, I pulled myself together, uh, interviewed for a CEO position at this service master uh, company and, and got it. So um, I think that when doors opened, um, I never passed them by. And I also think that in some cases, even if there was like a little crack in the door, I would push them open. Nice. Nice. I love it. And I love how your Instagram handle and Twitter handle are self-promote. Promote, right. Because that is what we need to do. We need to do that in order to keep progressing in our careers and in life in many instances. So then you started a podcast. What made you start the podcast? Well, it was my book, not done yet. Mm. So it was part of my marketing plan to start a podcast that would highlight badass women who were really owning who they were, owning their personal stories, overcoming obstacles, and, and really, um, you know, owning their power. Um, the title of my book, was badass women at any age before I came up with the idea of not done yet. Mm. So I was running that podcast um, 
probably it was almost a year before the book was published. Wow. Yeah, I am an author too. And the timeline for books was surprising to me how much it takes to get all the T's crossed and I's dotted for sure. So uh, I am so glad that you continue to share your vast knowledge in podcasts as well. So let's go back to your first book, The Politics of Promotion, How High Achieving Women Get Ahead and Stay Ahead. Give us a, a little tip from that book. Well, that book um, actually provides a toolkit. Mm. And, and there, there are five tools that I, it's very practical. It's very strategic um, about how women can navigate the complexities of, of the workplace. And um, really one of the foundations for uh, being able to successfully navigate yourself is to understand the work environment. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think as women, especially, we tend to think that if we work really hard and we keep our head down and we stay focused on the work and we get great results, that that's enough to be successful. But People are too busy these days to really go out of their way to notice you. Um, and we need to, you know, take on the responsibility of understanding that it's more than our hard work. Mm -hmm, indeed. Um, yeah. And in the first chapter, I talk really about, it's called the mirror. And that's one of the tools because... I advise women to really self-reflect and understand their value proposition. So by value proposition, the way I define it is how you do the work that leads to positive business outcomes. So how your work makes a, makes a difference. It's not your job description, but it's a very powerful an effective way to um, advocate for yourself in the workplace. Thank you because for that. Yes. We have trouble doing that. Yes. Uh, I, I get so nervous when I want to ask for a raise, for instance, and I know I deserve it, but I still get very um, self-conscious about asking and really believing in my worth and I'm sure a lot of your coaching clients feel the same way. Let's let's move to your coaching business. You help women own and leverage their unique stories and understand how their talent, wisdom, and years of experience position them as valued contributors. So you help them tackle ageist beliefs. Can you, without violating any confidentiality of a client, tell us an example of someone who you've coached through their ageist beliefs? Uh, uh, let's see, without giving something away. Um, I think that um, a good example would be a woman who was in a marketing position um, who actually just reached 50 um, and was feeling that she was um, stuck. Mm -hmm. She wasn't 
you, you know, she was at a, um, the, she wasn't at a, she was at a director level. She wanted to become a VP and it just seemed like everybody else was getting the opportunities around her. Um, she engaged in, in what I call my VIP program, which is where I do interviews with about five people, uh, direct reports, um, you, you know, leadership, um, and peers to get an idea of uh, how you're being perceived in, in the workplace. So how much is you and how much is, is reality? Um, and then to try to tackle both because, and this is pretty much, you know, all my coaching clients, it's, okay, here's the reality of the workplace right now. This is what's going on in the culture of your work environment that affects your career trajectory. And here's the way you hold yourself back. And it was helping her to gain a promotion with a combination of understanding how she was holding herself back. She didn't think she was worthy. She didn't think she was good enough, um, which went way back <laughs> really to her childhood, basically. Um, and then, especially through these interviews, what is, you know, how can she improve the way she's being perceived? Is she coming across as a leader? Or are some of the ways she's, you know, her mindset affecting her executive presence? Um, and that's basically the way I, I like to work is to look, to give it a holistic approach so yes. that we we understand what we can control, which is really powerful. We can control our mindset. We can control, um, you know, some of these negative thoughts we have that that um, work against us. And then to learn how to be savvy and look at the what's going on in the workplace, who can be allies and champions and advocates, how can we uh, best navigate that work environment and in your specific work environment, what it takes to get ahead, right? And in this case, I mean, her manager was supportive and thought she was great, but did not see her as a leader. So he saw her more as a doer. Mm. And so we had to kind of move from You know how do you how do you build that executive presence basically? Yes, wow. Well, that sounds like a compelling, compelling story of how somebody can overcome an obstacle and really gain what they deserve in the workplace. So I would encourage all of the listeners to go to bonniemarcusleadership.com. There are freebies like the Not Done Yet book discussion guide or a free political political skill assessment. So maybe you can describe what the uh, political skill assessment tool is. Yeah, so that is right out of uh, my book, Politics of Promotion. And <clears throat> it looks at three basic areas. It looks at um, how strong you are in terms of networking, 
in, in, in um, advocating for yourself, self-promotion, mm -hmm. and being savvy about the work environment and, and the politics. And it gives you a score. And then when you tally that score, you can look at um, where you kind of fall in terms of the strength in a particular area and mm -hmm. turn that into an action plan. So for instance, on networking, it, it, one question would be, I, I put aside an hour each week to, to have a coffee or lunch with somebody um, in, in my network. That turns into an action plan. Well, oh gee, I never do that. You know, I'm not intentional or strategic about the way I build and nurture my network. So that goes on your action plan. Mm, I like it. Yes. Yes, it's true. And I, at this stage of my life, am very intentional with whom I spend my time and how I spend my time. So the, this helps give tools and helps us to focus on where we want to spend this limited resource. So thank you for that. Do you have anything new coming up uh, that our listeners might want to tune into? Uh, any speaking engagements or really focusing on your podcast? Um, I have uh, speaking. Well, I'm not sure when this is going live. Okay. So okay. I think that's the that's probably the issue. I have a speaking okay. engagement next week, but that's still gotcha. in. Gotcha. Well, uh, uh, is everything you do in an event section on your website? Yes. Okay. Fantastic. Well, then I would encourage you all to go to her website, bodymarketsleadership.com. And one thing I'd like to ask all of our guests is, Bonnie, what do you do to become your best version? I have a lot of self-awareness. And um, I would say that I am very intentional about being my best self. It, it's interesting because of, you know, that title and that question. When I was first considering being coached, <laughs> I was going to call, call my website, be your best self or be the best you can be. Um, because it's uh, so much a part of who I am that it's almost hard to describe that like at the end of the day I'll say ask myself what what's what did you learn today that you didn't know yesterday what's like one thing you learned um and try to look for opportunities to grow uh personally and professionally every day and that you know just that one question not only builds my awareness, but helps me to focus on being my best self. Mm, I love it. Important, important thought to think about, to internalize, and to really put into your toolkit for living your best life. So I thank you, Bonnie, for taking time out of your busy schedule to share your wisdom and hope and strength with all of us. So thank you and tune again in again next week to hear another inspiring story. Thank you, Bonnie. Well, thank you. This was great. Thank you so much for having me.
Thank you.